Thank you, sir. Good to be in the house of God today. Give me a little bit of that southern group. Thank you, Grace. Cheers. Prophet said, bring me a minstrel. I'm not a prophet, but music sure does help when you're nervous. You know, you can always tell when uh, one of the daughters playing the organ. I looked over at her and said, don't leave. And I made this little sign and she went, amen. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I say that, but really, I wish you'd bring the Bible to church. How are you going to know what that preacher's telling you the truth or not? say before I begin, I really appreciate Brother Regan and the work that he's doing over there in Africa with the help of the Lord, and uh, and it was exciting listening to him tell what God is doing over there, and uh, if you've never been to a third world country, it's an experience of a lifetime. We spent several trips in the Philippines, and, and uh, well, I don't know if he's ever been sick when he's in Africa, but I got sick the first time I went to the Philippines, and it's a very enlightening experience. Amen, amen, amen. But I'm I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord, and I don't I don't hesitate to tell you that uh, I'm not a great preacher. Uh, I'm just an old '70s hippie that God decided to save, and uh, He's been working on me for a long long time and if there's anything in me that's worth even talking about it's because of him and, uh, well let's just go to the word of the Lord Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 Luke chapter 15 verse 11 it's a very familiar story and he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that follow to me divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. No, I like this. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to eat and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. When he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight are no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Amen. I want to try and help someone today. So if you'll pray one more time, I'll let you be seated. Would you help me pray, God, we love you. God, I ask today, Lord, that God, you touch my mind, put your word in my mouth, let my tongue be as a pen of a ready writer. Let me say something, God, 
that will find a lodging place in someone's heart and let them know that there is a place here for them. There is a place here for them. In Jesus' name, amen, you may be seated today. Now, when you read this story in the book of Luke, there's many characters here that's mentioned. There's the two sons. If you read on further, you'll find an elder son there. There's the dad. There is the man that the younger son worked for. And there's the pigs. And there's the calf. Now, you don't ever read of a mama in this story. Now, I know there had to be a mama somewhere back yonder. But I'm not sure if the reason why she wasn't mentioned was because she wasn't living or not. But in those days, and in that part of the world, women uh, were not treated the same as what you're treated today in this part of the world. And so maybe they just didn't count uh, women very high on the priority measuring stick. But Jesus didn't seem to mention her, but it didn't mean she didn't exist. But um, if she was living, and if she was in this household, she no doubt would have played a very important part in this story. Because um, many times, it's the mother of a wayward child who gets past the emptiness in the house and the loneliness at the supper table and the bitterness that she feels after they leave church. They... They get past the seemingly endless nights of the dad getting up out of bed and going to the empty bedroom where they used to sleep and getting on the floor and crying buckets of tears when he's looking at an empty closet where their clothes used to hang. It's the mother that gets past the anger and resentment and the caustic remarks of the siblings in the house. The mama that shakes off the comp... The, the, the common comments that are made by uncaring neighbors and unfeeling saints sometimes. But if this mama was still alive, I can just imagine what she did every morning when she woke up. If they had a barn, she made her way to that little barn because in that barn there was a little calf. And every time she looked at that calf, she had a handful of grain in her hand. And that mama fed that little calf. And in her mind, she was thinking, one day, my son's coming home. I don't believe that mother arose with, without any faith, Brother Reagan. I believe that if she existed in this story, she went to that barn with faith in her heart, believing that the God of heaven would look at her every time she fed that calf and honor what she was doing. Because one day, she'd tell God, God, my son is coming home one day. He's coming back. Man, I can see her. In my mind's eye, I can see her rise up. I can see her as negativity would whisper, he's not coming back. You don't even know where he is. He's lost. He's out somewhere. You don't know what he's doing. You don't, you don't know what he's doing. I, I, can, I can see her as she shakes that negativity and unbelief off. Uh, and goes to that barn again and again and again. And I can see that little calf. You know, in my mind's eye, he's looking a whole lot like me. Fat. She was preparing for the day her son would return. I know that perhaps 
the enemy would remind her of the time she failed as a mother. I know that the enemy would remind her of the mistakes that she made in raising her child. And you might be sitting here today saying, well, I made mistakes. Well, welcome to the new, the, 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 the new understanding that everybody makes mistakes. Can I tell you that all mistakes are not sin, but all sin are, is a mistake. But you, you may, might have made mistakes with your kids. Most people do. But I can see this little old lady with those pale, age-spotted hands as she turns and she looks at doubt and unbelief and she takes them to the barn and shows her the calf and says, My son is coming home. I don't let the devil talk to me, but I do talk to him. I can hear her say it. Brother Riggin, this morning, I, I, yesterday I couldn't get away from this. I can hear her saying it. Let me show you my calf. Oh, I wish somebody catch hold of what I'm saying. You, you gotta, you gotta have some faith in your heart when you pray. I, I, I think she took the devil to the barn and said, "Hey, devil, let me show you my fatted calf. My son is coming back home." Every time the preacher gets up to preach and you believe what he's saying by faith, you're fattening that little calf. Can I just tell you that every time you have a non-church member over to dinner, you're fattening that calf. Every time you do good works, you're fattening the calf. Yeah. You just talk to the devil and tell him, you pour it on, devil, but one day, one day, the God of glory is going to wrest my kids from out of your hand and they're coming home. That old drunk that I got for a husband, one day he's going to make his way through that opening right there and head down to this altar. By faith, he's coming. That old woman, I really believe if she existed in this story, knew as long as she fed the calf, that at the same time she was feeding the calf, she was feeding hope, and she was feeding faith, and she was being She's honoring the promises of God that are written in His Word. No doubt, perhaps, she quoted the Scripture that we quote so often out of Proverbs when it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. That word old means experienced. It means to have some, some events take place in your life that makes you aged and wise. Don't you think that that youngest son was a whole lot wiser when he came back than when he left? Well, you should see my kids. They're bound with strong chains, preacher. I don't hesitate to tell you today that faith can break any chain that the devil can make. His blood is stronger. His name is more powerful than anything the devil can bind somebody with. You see, what we have to do is we have to look past what they are and what they're doing and see what they can become. There have been many that have come through the door of my home church where I go to church and uh, you look at some of them, Brother Rick, and you never think that God would even deal with them. That's the kind I like. They know they're sinners. They know they're a drug addict. They know they're an alcoholic. They know they're a whoremonger. 
But when they come and they get honest with God and with themselves, there's just something about it. I can relate to that kind of person because that's what I was when God found me. You see, I had people praying for me. They were fattening the calf on my behalf. I can remember when, when I'd go over the, the long hill that went down to the river valley, I'd walk by these houses in the middle of the night, one and two o'clock in the morning, and I would hear this couple. They lived probably two or three hundred yards off the road, and I could hear them praying. They prayed loud, brother. And they were calling my name in prayer. God, would you get a hold of that boy? God, don't let another day go by when he walks the street without the Holy Ghost in his heart. It took them six long years, brother, of praying. But one day it happened. One day I walked in that little apostolic church and the doors busted open. And I come up and I sit right about where my wife is sitting over yonder. And that preacher got to preaching. Don't get nervous when your pastor gets to preaching. That, that, that old crippled man, he, he had a limp. He limped across the platform and he had crooked fingers and he would scream. And I'm thinking, this guy is absolutely nuts. When he gave his altar call, the, the words echoed in my mind. He'd scream, you're going to face these crooked fingers in the judgment. God. I said, I'm never going back. Wrong thing to say. I'm just trying to tell you that you have to have some faith when you pray. You need to practice rejoicing. Preacher, I don't have anything to rejoice about. My husband's lost, my wife's lost, my kids are lost. That woman, if she lived in this story, she'd go out of that little barn with a handful of grain and that calf would lick them kernels of grain up, brother, and she'd do herself a little jig. My son's coming home. My son's coming home. You see, you, you, have to, you have to put some works with your faith. She gave thanks by faith. She rejoiced by faith. She worshiped by faith. She believed by faith. My son's coming home. I'm going to spend my time fattening this little calf. Well, you know, preacher, I had faith, but it died. Faith without works is dead. So there's not much doctrine in this message. No, there is. You're going to have to sift through it to get it. But faith without works is dead. You know what that woman did? She put some faith with her works. Ain't nothing changing in my house. Ain't nothing changing in my life. Put some faith with your works. Made too many mistakes. You know what you need to do? You need to admit you made mistakes. That's good. But do something about it. Get up and square your shoulders. Look the devil in the eye and head for that barn and fatten that calf and believe that God is going to change the situation. I wouldn't hold you long, but come to the music. Come to the music, please. Hurry, 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 hurry. I was preaching revival in Salt Lake City one time and we got to the church and, and uh, Usher told a pastor, he said, there's an old man waiting for you in your office. And the uh, pastor said, well, let's go see what he wants. 
uh, I get a little nervous long about that time. But we were in that office, and here sat this 80-something-year-old man, and um, he's sitting there with tears running down his face, and pastor asked him, said, what's, what's wrong? He said, well, uh, really nothing. I think something's right. And he began to tell his story. He was backslidden away from God for 47 years. And he said, well, what do you want? He said, I just want to come home. I just want to come home. And so the pastor turned to me and, and I just said, well, brother, you can come home right now. I said, if you'll put your hands up and begin to worship God and, and repent, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Pastor Regan, as, as sure as I'm standing here, his hands were on the way up and he began speaking in tongues. And, 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 and we, let him, we let him pray and worship and, and, and he stopped and he said, but, but my wife's here. It's her first time in an apostolic church. And I said, that's good. He said, it is? I said, oh yeah. You got to understand the door's closed to the office. I said, outside this office, there's a line of people coming down the center aisle wanting prayer. And I said, your wife is in that, that line of people. And before she gets to the front, God's going to move on her. And she's going to repent and God's going to give her the Holy Ghost. Now, either he does that or I'm in big trouble. When he opened the office door, Elder, she was standing in the line, had her hands in the air. And before she made the turn coming up the center aisle, she was talking in tongues. Can I just tell you, somebody somewhere had fattened the calf. And it was time to come home. Would you stand this morning? Oh, I didn't see the wasted years that old man had spent in sin. I didn't see the scars that sin had left. And I didn't see the chains of habit that bound him. All I saw was a broken down old man who wanted desperately to come home. And as I look back now somewhere, back yonder, someone had fattened the calf. Oh, come on, church. Somebody somebody needs to believe that, that God's able to reach out right now wherever that person is that you've been praying for by faith that God's able to bring them home. I'll tell you this, and I'll give it back to the elder, but our youngest daughter left church 11 years ago. And she's as lost as lost could be. Sometime back, she cut us off, refused to call, refused our calls. Said she didn't want to have nothing more to do with us. And most people bellyache and whine and cry and snivel over that. You know what I did? I just went to the, went to the barn. Got me a handful of grain. Waited with that little calf, ate that grain, Brother Regan. I danced me a little jig. Said, Devil, you ain't got her, you ain't having her. You, you gotta, you gotta have some faith when you pray. I've watched God do some amazing things. But there's nothing that amazes me anymore than when God can reach down and pull a man or a woman out of sin, clean them up, and set them on the church pew and watch them live for God. 
Would you lift your hands right now? Oh God, would you help us right now, Jesus? God, somewhere would you let faith resurrect and resuscitate God in somebody's life that they could once again believe you. Go to their knees in prayer and travail until Christ be formed in that person again. Oh, Jesus. Help us, God, today to believe you. In Jesus' name.